Hello and welcome to The Grid Podcast, the podcast about our electricity networks and their role at the heart of our transition to net zero. I'm Brian Murhead from eSmart Networks in the host seat today. And today on the show, uh, we're very excited to have a very special guest. Uh, Derek Roddy from Energy Cloud is joining us here in Belfast. He's going to share some valuable insight into the work that Energy Cloud is doing across uh, the island of Ireland, both north and south in the electricity sector. Uh, so just to complete your intro, Derek, if you want to introduce yourself then and, and Energy Cloud. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah, my name's Derek Roddy. I'm a co-founder of an organization, a social enterprise called Energy Cloud. And I'm also a co-founder of a technology company called Climate. Brilliant. And if you just, for our listeners out there that haven't heard of Energy Cloud, if you want to just give a, a high level, just what does Energy Cloud do? Yeah, like like any good entrepreneur, um, Brian, we take we took a really good idea from someone else and um, spun it up and made it look like we had come up with this really clever concept uh, called Energy Cloud. But maybe to give you just a wee bit of background to it, it's a social enterprise with the aim of taking surplus wind from or surplus wind or surplus energy and giving it to people in fuel poverty. And the concept was born out of watching or seeing a company or an organization in Ireland called Food Cloud, two young ladies who came up with a really innovative idea of taking surplus food from supermarkets like Tesco's, Little Aldi, etc. And the surplus food that would normally be thrown out in the evening time redistributing that to people who were in in food poverty. So I was in an audience at a social enterprise one uh, at social enterprise awards and I seen the two young ladies getting awarded for delivering 100 million meals and they just crossed 100 million meals mark. Wow. And I was absolutely staggered by the idea and what did what they had delivered and it just in the audience thinking about wow I wonder could we take that idea and do it for all this surplus energy that we have from wind farms and uh, see if we could basically copy the concept of what they had done. So we took the food cloud idea. We were really innovative in our branding and came up with energy cloud. Um, and that was the initial acorn of the of, of the concept to where we are today. Fantastic. So, so at its core, the concept is, uh, for those who might not even be aware, um, the Island of Ireland Electricity Network has huge amounts of wind energy, uh, increase in solar now as well. I, I think certainly Northern Ireland, about almost 50% or, or just maybe under it, of annual electricity consumption comes from renewables. I think the, the Republic or the South of Ireland is a similar figure, maybe a couple of percent behind. So overall, the, the overall single island electricity market it, it's in the mid 40% in a way is, is renewable energy. Uh, and there's this increasing problem now where we don't have enough people to use the electricity when the wind's blowing at night and these wind, these wind farms are being turned off or turned down and it, it's energy wasted really. Uh, and basically what you guys are doing is taking that otherwise wasted energy and putting it into hot water tanks and, and giving free hot water effectively to uh, people who might be in fuel, fuel poverty. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the idea, um, and the numbers are quite staggering. And we still haven't delivered on the renewable uh, portfolio that we we have the ambition to deliver on in on the island and globally. Uh, but if you if you take those numbers, even ten percent, the actual figures from a retail point of view are in the hundreds of millions. So for people who are in fuel poverty, last year we dumped several hundred million pounds worth of electricity which could have been used if we had the technology, the capability and the will to actually figure out how to do it. Yeah. So when you actually put this into hard numbers, you're saying, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of electricity that we've, we've turned off or effectively dumped renewable green electricity. And it, you know, you're, you've basically sat there thinking, well, why can we not use this to, to solve a real uh, problem? And especially, you know, everybody's aware of the energy costs, the, the cost of living crisis at the minute. Um, I'm sure your, your ideas only gain traction that, you know, the more the cost of electricity and everything else has increased. So, nope, that's, that, that's fantastic. I think that's a, a really good introduction to what, what Energy Cloud does. So uh, let's maybe actually just step through it a little bit then and, and probe a little bit deeper. If, if you want to tell me, you know, so you've kind of explained how it initially came about, you know, you've, you've basically seen the food cloud idea. You, you have a, a bit of a background in the energy sector yourself. 
Um, from from that idea, then you know the journey to get to the the point where you're at at the minute. You know, how did that all come about? Yeah, so a, a lot of people listening in to your podcast will be very familiar with trials and pilots all around the world on demand side management. Um, I call them love bomb pilots, where we go in and we spend a lot of money. We take ten houses and we show that people are interested in flexibility and services, but really. We were getting frustrated with the pilots and the trials from a technology point of view. We wanted to see could we do something that was really scalable. So that's what was going on in the back of my mind. Could, what could we do that would be scalable? And when we seen the food cloud, 100 million meals, we were going, wow, that's huge. Um, and it's rolled out. Could you actually do that with energy? So how would you do it? And the real game changer in energy cloud. So I sort of try and think. 10 years out, when we look back, what were the special ingredients that made Energy Cloud, or what will be the special ingredients that would make Energy Cloud work? And it's all to do with the team. It's who and how would we build a team of people that could actually deliver on Energy Cloud's ambition. So let's put a number on it. If there's 100 million pounds of energy being wasted, who could actually figure out how to give that to people in, in, in fuel poverty? And how we did that, Brian, was to sit and look at the key stakeholders from the wind farm, follow the cable right into the home and said, who's involved in the energy system and what would be needed to actually deliver and could we get them on board? So we approached the two end pieces. We approached the Irish Wind Energy Association and we approached Cluid, who were the largest housing association, and basically asked them, could we meet up and figure out if you've got surplus wind and you've got people who are in fuel poverty, would you be interested in giving your surplus to the people in fuel poverty? It sounds very simple, but that's the actual initial meeting we had um, on Energy Cloud to bring Noel Kniff was the person and Joe Whittle to actually meet up and see would they like to do business together. Yeah. And as a as a grid engineer myself, then my the cogs in my head are turning thinking, you know, those are the, the two the two different ends of the system. But obviously then the, the big bit in the middle it is, is the grid then that needs to connect it all up. So presumably then at some point you brought the, the grid, the network operators and the network owners on board then as well. Was that sort of the next step? Yeah, there's probably a step just before that where when, when, we, when, when we originally had the meeting with the Wind Energy Association and Cluid Housing, it's what actually are we trying to do here? So, and what's the organization we're trying to build? And I think a key component, if we look at innovation globally, is what are the actual ingredients to make that work? Um, and Energy Cloud being a social enterprise was the key ingredient. We were trying to figure out how to do this, but we were all admitting and agreeing that we weren't trying to make money out of this. We were actually trying to do the right thing. <clears throat> and that was the key um, component. I wasn't asking the Irish Wind Energy Association to basically give me a letter of support or clue it, we were actually saying, will you both become directors of a new entity called Energy Cloud? And we actually try and build this out together. And I think the key bit in the cable in the middle was if we could, if we could get the two actors on both ends to agree they wanted to work together. I'm a technology guy in the middle and I've always felt it's not the technology that's the problem. It's the actual will and the ability to make it happen. So when we approached um, the network operators, as in the distribution network operator and the transmission system operator, we were coming with a really good team. We were coming with 10,000 homes, which had 25,000 people in them. And we were coming with the Irish Wind Energy Association, who are representing 90% of the wind generators. And we were saying we want to try and help people um, and we need to use your cable. And we'd like if you would join our board and help us build this idea out. So you've got the the end user, so the Clued, the housing association, who um, obviously house a lot of people. How, how many yes, sir, homes ten, did you say? 10,000 homes. Initial 10,000 homes. Yeah. You've got the Irish Wind Association who, you know, their members own all these wind farms that are being turned off, which is a big problem for them. Uh, you've got the people in the homes who obviously fuel poverty is a, a massive issue and, and, and the cost of living. Uh, and then is was the next step then to look at you've got the agreement you've got your purpose around helping people 
uh, and then starting to look at right well how do we implement the solution and get the, the grid solution and, and and the grid network companies on so you've got them on board presumably now at this stage as well yeah so yeah uh, so we've got the, the two ends of the cable yeah um, and on um agreeing that they want to work together and sitting as a group we really we needed to approach those cable um companies yep. and the actual retail companies yes. who are responsible for managing the bill and we basically told people our story and people wanted to get involved and help us out now it wasn't easy but it it uh, there was a genuine willingness and i think one of the key as we grow energy cloud out and we and we ex and we go international there's a few key ingredients that really helped we approached the ceo of airgrid and we approached ceo of esb group and we asked them would they help us make this a reality and in fairness to both individuals at the time that everyone's knocking on the door saying can you help us yeah they really genuinely bought into our vision and thought it was a really good idea and both of them put representatives on our team to help us figure out that was the game changer Brilliant. to have a large corp or a large sponsor yes who owned the cable saying yeah there's something in this it's scalable we could learn a lot from this process and we'd actually like to help brilliant um so to get to the point where you're at now and we'll talk about where you are now in, in just a second but so sort of when did you start how many years in the making is this to get to this point then yeah ironically um there's a, there's a book on this one we met for the first time the week before lockdown as in okay included um the irish wind Iron association and myself in a hotel in dublin um i'm saying a week it could have been two weeks yeah, before but yeah. it, was, it was march and that's when we actually but, met with the concept of making this a reality okay so that that's news to me i actually assumed this had been you know maybe in the you know simmering away in the background for for a lot longer than that you, you know we all know in in terms of sort of grid and and doing anything kind of quite big it, it can it can take a while so that's actually quite impressive so I think it is worthwhile then, you know, let's touch on where Energy Cloud is at now. If, if you have any kind of key stats or, you know, how, how many homes or how many hot tanks of water or have you anything? Yeah, so maybe maybe just to bring it from the, the lockdown. Oh, yeah. The, actual ask, yeah. the ask of people that we were approaching. So with, with um, the Irish Wind Down Association and Clued, what we wanted to do was meet up. We didn't really know each other. We knew we knew of each other, but yeah. we hadn't really built that trusted build, uh, working relationship. And the key ingredient was, would we commit one hour every Friday okay. to meet up, get to know each other and discuss building the team out? We had the vision and the idea. And bit by bit during lockdown, we were making phone calls, doing Zoom wasn't a thing. I don't, um, teams, right. we, were, we yeah. were all getting our, our head around it. But we were all meeting. I didn't meet uh, some of the people that came on the team until actually lockdown had been lifted. Um, and some of us only met this year, to be to be honest. Right. So we built a team virtually yes. in this space during lockdown, which in itself was a unique opportunity. But the commitment was to meet every Friday. And there were senior execs in these organizations. But we met every Friday for an hour for the first year. Um, to get to know each other and talk about adding more people. And the main ingredient that we felt we were going to need was an independent chairperson. So the real step change when we all came together and all agreed to join it, we were going to need to go out and find an independent chairperson who could coordinate our efforts, but would be seen to everybody as someone who had the governance and independence to, to coordinate what we were doing. We put that up online looking for an independent chairperson. I think we had 40 applications for an okay. unpaid for role. And I think that's important. There's not one euro or one pound being transacted in Energy Cloud since its foundation. So we actually haven't, we've built this entire organization without actually having a bank account set up to yeah, make it work. Impressive. Um, everybody's committed their time, other companies have committed their time to make it, to make it a reality. But the chairperson that we ended up selecting uh, is is a, a gentleman called Gabriel Darcy, and Gabriel was the former CEO of Board or uh, Board Namona in Ireland. So yes. it would have been a huge um, peat company originally, and now we're a huge wind farmer. And Gabriel would have been the initial or one of the initial um, CEOs who went from brown to green, and 
that's the reason why we felt someone with Gabriel's experience could have a huge benefit of the transition that we needed to, to um, act upon. Brilliant. That story is going to be even more impressive then if, if you kind of bring us up to, you know, wh where where is Energy Cloud now and, and, and the, the great work you guys are doing? Yeah, so if, if, I, if I was to frame it this way, the first year was really a dating exercise where everybody got to know each other and then we had to get the parents' approval to go to the next um, stage and get married. And Gabriel coming in as the, as the fatherly figure to make sure that we were doing the right thing. When Gabriel joined, everything changed because we had to really document what we wanted to to do what we wanted to, to deliver. And then um, Kahali, who um, offered the PR sort of stakeholder engagement, who was on the team as well, Kahal uh, really started putting a shape on the stakeholder engagement with Gabriel's support. And that was, we're gonna, we're gonna need to meet all these organizations professionally, properly, tell them our vision, and then what our ask is to get this up and running. Cluid really kicked this off with a very mm -hmm. bold ambition. We want to basically make 10,000 of our homes energy cloud ready and put the technology in those homes that allows their hot water tanks to be visible and controllable from a network yep. point of view. So that was that was the ask um, and Cluid stepping up and saying, we, our ambition is to do this. We want to do it. We're gonna offer up our homes to do it. And then we needed to go and find out how we'd actually do it. The next partner that came in to help was SSE. So I'm sure everybody's well aware of SSE. And SSE's Stuart Hobbs came to the table and Stuart um, really drove forward that, yes, we can make this work. And Stuart said he would sponsor the first 50, 100 homes from an energy point of view so that we didn't have to figure out all the minute details we okay. could actually get up and running. So that happened last year. And over the last 12 months, we were really about building out the pilot. Um, so so that, that, that was really just the the consumer end of the technology, really get the technology in and, and, and prove that you, you can control it, basically. Is that? Is yes. That, okay. Yeah. So they exactly but installing the technology um, and making sure it worked. Yeah. Uh, once you get it into someone's home, you've now got a live customer who's looking for when am I going to get my hot water heated up? But we were able to engage with them through Cluid uh, and basically start rolling out the technology into those homes. So we we started, I think it was probably last March. And by the end of the year, we had we were up to 40 something homes with the technology in in, in their home um, on their tank, fully controllable. And that's when we started into the platform and building out the, the controllability of those products. Brilliant. So yeah, so you, you've developed the actual hardware that goes into the homes. You, you've developed that, you're getting that manufactured. Uh, there's then you've got a communication channel to, to that device. So you, you've kind of got that sort of out. And then yeah, starting into the basically the, the platform or the, the control center as such. Yep. Um, and so where, how many homes then are you at roughly today? Yeah, so we're literally the project last year was to get out there, yeah. get all the systems set up. And we set ourselves to a benchmark of getting 40 to 50 homes. Yes. When we reached 40, we were happy enough that we had enough uh, to learn to learn from. So over the last six months, we were switching on the devices, learning, getting the customer feedback, building the platform out and um, sending messages to the homeowners, letting them know what we had done, that their hot water has been heated up. Yes. And now we have um, this year, our ambition is to get that up to 10,000 properties. So we've wow. already started the rollout just before Christmas. I think we're over 100 now. And as we sit here today, we have installers out there installing the technology. Um, but our ambition this year is to uh, push forward and get to uh, 10,000 homes. Probably one of the other key ingredients, Brian, that's worth mentioning as a parallel thread, as We've been raising the awareness of Energy Cloud. We've actually got local authorities approaching us. And um, so we now have a, a demand for 65,000. So we have 65,000 homes um, registered with their interest saying we want to be involved in Energy Cloud. All those homes and their meter numbers have been sent to the network operator to okay. basically let them know that these homes are um, lining up for Energy Cloud. And can you just make sure there's no issues on your network that we need to be aware of and that they're now energy cloud ready 
for us to do what we need to do to um, switch them on and off whenever there is surplus wind. Okay, wow. So, um, so you've now got the tech in well, at least over a hundred, over a hundred yeah. and, and counting. That that's increasing day and daily. Yeah. Uh, your software platform's now there, and am I right in saying it, it's kind of now linking in with actual you know real time data coming out of the, the transmission system operators around uh, when the when the wind power is going to be curtailed? So it's kind of been joined up to that bit of when the energy would be dumped. Yeah. So this is the beauty of having all the stakeholders around the table when we meet up once a month now we are there to fix problems and um, so one of the challenges was how do we actually know when wind has been curtailed and um, you'd know it today because you um it's extremely windy outside but how do you actually know based on the data available from the transmission system operator in fairness to airgrid we worked with the team in airgrid to try and decipher what wind curtailment looks like from their public dashboard and we're taking that feed from their public dashboard, we're turning that into a signal internally to basically know we have curtailment happening and we're able to switch on the tanks. We go back to Airgrid and just check, are we doing, are we happy with everything? It's not the long-term solution, but it's a really good solution to get us up and running. And we're hoping long-term that the DNO, the system operators, um, would be able to provide an actual API signal that we can take into yeah. our, our system. It is an important point that you, you basically have the the end-to-end the -end system and platform is effectively established now though you you know there there will be polishing and improvements and things to make but um like the end result for a cost an energy cloud customer at the minute um as i understand it you know you i've seen you put up uh linkedin or facebook posts you know a night but the night before saying uh you know between 12 and two o'clock tonight you know, you'll get a free tank of hot water, you know, basically don't bother paying to heat your water this evening. Yeah. Uh, you'll wake up tomorrow with a free tank. So, um, like, as I understand that's, you know, so I don't know, could you give me an example, say, since we're sitting here uh, mid-January or whatever, say since Christmas, you know, roughly how many how many times might that have happened? Yeah, good question. So um, even better again, we delivered a present on Christmas morning for the Cluid residents where they woke up to a text message at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, letting them know that they were just after getting receiving a free tank of hot water on Christmas Eve. And um, so they actually had a full tank of hot water on Christmas morning and um, all automated and they got a message to let them know. But you're tonight, for instance, we know there's a there's going to be curtailment tonight. So there's a message being automated will automate it automatically be sent out to to residents at 5 p.m. to let them know that it might be a good idea if they can hold off doing anything on your hot water tank and um, we're very very likely to be able to give them a free tank of hot water tonight and since we started sending out those messages we were able to increase the amount of energy we were giving away by 50 percent because people were holding off heating up their hot water um, so the tank was nice and cold for want of a better word for us yes um, and then to your other question, um, if it's windy and there's curtailment, they're getting hot water. But since Christmas, we've had seven free tanks of hot water um, given to people. And as the numbers grow up, grow, obviously you get to a point where curtailment has a limit. So you're just trying to map out the amount of curtailment versus the amount of time we, we'll have the energy being distributed. So that that's really cool. So there's been about I don't know roughly twenty calendar days say since since Christmas at this point, and and that's seven full hot tanks of water people are waking up to in the morning. You know that that's a lot. You know that's not that this isn't just a once in the blue moon thing that that somebody might benefit from. That's a real benefit to people's lives. You know that 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 really is crazy. You know that 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 must be cutting their their energy costs and making such a benefit. So that you know personally, I I, I think that's pretty cool. The, the fact that you can actually, you know, you're getting a text message before your tank, you're, you know, you're getting informed and then you get the text message in the morning then basically saying, yep, you're, you know, you're waking up to a free tank of hot water this morning. So I think the, the customer interface seems very well polished there. And I think from what you were saying, the purpose here is to deliver that, that benefit to those customers. Um, so that, that all seems well, like, very well thought through to me, which is quite cool. So, uh, I think we've, we've covered the, the kind of the introduction, what energy clouds doing. We've covered your kind of journey to get to this point uh, and where you're at now, really. And I suppose the, the, the exciting bit then that, 
I was really um, interested in getting into this conversation is is where it goes from here, really. You know, so from a personal perspective, um, um, we haven't really talked too much about the grid impact yet, and, and we'll get into that now as well. Obviously, this being the grid podcast, but you, I can see so many potential applications for this technology, the, the, kind of the platform, and um, you know where this could be applied and, and different benefits it could have for the grid for for consumers and and for all sorts of, of different stakeholders in the energy across the energy market and energy transition um but I'll, I'll open it to you first Derek just to you know give me your thoughts on on where you see this going you know what's your sort of plans short medium long term or if you if you see it kind of yeah how do you see it evolving really yeah look, I, I think going forward Brian, what we're the feedback we're getting from citizens out there who are getting this free tank of hot water, it's just quite staggering to be honest. Like it makes a real impact. But what what we really, really have zoned in on is the idea that there's there's people listening in here who are thinking of developing a billion pounds offshore wind farm and who are looking at investing in renewables, etc. And if you if you think about it, if I'm going to invest a billion building a new wind farm. What I'm really looking for is 300,000 people to work with me on the demand side, that when I've got wind blowing, that they'd actually use that energy. And when I don't have wind blowing, they'd try and maybe store it and not need it. That's what you're looking for. So we've sort of really been looking at how does Energy Cloud as an organization partner with Noel and his team in in, uh, Wind Energy Ireland or Renewable NI or any large scale wind farmers what's the relationship and what we're really showing here and what we're learning people who are in fuel poverty are now storm chasing so we have people who are sitting at home going we had a very quiet uh sorry we had we hadn't much hot water for two weeks before christmas because as all your wind farmers who are listening will know there was no wind yeah for a two-week period our residents and our citizens knew that and we're looking to go, when's the next storm coming? Because they had no free hot water. So what they're actually learning is renewables happen at certain times and they don't happen at other times. And they have learned that behavior and they're watching for it. So when we move and transition to scale this up, people in Energy Cloud are going to know all about how renewables work. They've joined the dots between wind and, and low cost energy. Yeah, so I think that that's a really good point because you you keep hearing it in the especially with the cost of living crisis and, and energy costs, you know people like myself and and politician and, and you know people that are kind of well in the know and this sort of stuff, you know keep making the point about you know the, the renewables are helping bring costs down and everything else, but to the to the average you know man woman or, or whatever on the street, the uh, you know well all they see is their bills going up, you know the. the it's very hard for them to connect the, the increase in penetration of renewables with with bills coming down when, when bills are skyrocketing. And obviously, if you know the industry, that there's all the gas prices and how the energy markets, you know, uh, built, you know, that all play into that. But that that doesn't, you know, benefit the, the average person. Um, so that, I find that quite interesting that, you know, through Energy Cloud, you're you're kind of bringing that renewable benefit to, to the, you know, the average person on the street. Uh, and then they're from that learning about renewables. Uh, I find that quite like a funny idea. You know, people sitting there and, and they're so far watching TV at night thinking, flip, I wish it was a bit windier. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's that's quite. But, and it's not a made up. It's it's common sense. It's and, real. And, the, and the other thing um, that we're very mindful of, like politicians want to try and figure out if a wind farmer wants to develop a wind farm how they do make the wind farmer contribute to the local community. And there's only so many football jerseys and footpaths and plays and swings you can put in. This is a real world tangible um, yeah. ask of the wind farmer. If you've got surplus, can we take that surplus and give it to the community that are in this area? So, so yeah, I, I, so I did want to talk to you about this then. I, I did say earlier when I was asking the question about the future that, you know, to me as a, as a grid engineer, that, I saw quite a lot of different opportunities, you know, with Energy Cloud, depending on, on sort of the platform and the technology, depending on what way you go with it. So, you know, obviously the, the social benefit and the fuel poverty um, aspect and even 
all those other trickle down effects of that of raising you know awareness for renewables you know all that's absolutely fantastic work but knowing the kind of challenges that are facing the the grid and our power systems that there's quite a few other kind of applications this kind of technology could be replicated and used for to help solve other issues um across the sector and i was wondering if i could just throw a few past year through a few ideas I, I don't know if you're looking at these or not but you know like what one thing you know as an example you, you've kind of touched on it there if a new wind farm developments uh you know going through planning or, or developers trying to get a new wind farm development looking for innovative community benefit schemes well you might have a local grid constraint there that's going to limit the the export on that that wind farm so if, if that wind farm's going to be constrained and turned down in a way you know this seems like a great win-win set up a, a, a mini energy cloud zone for that local community so instead of constraining the energy you know let's let's dump it into people's hot water tanks that's a tangible community benefit that that local wind farms bring into that that community and it's alleviating a, a great constraint or a great issue where you'd just be turning things off you know so that, that that was just one thing that popped into my head as an obvious um an obvious idea I, again i'll i'll come back to you for your thoughts on these in a minute Another thing I was thinking of, you know, but that you could potentially use the technology for a lot of the EV car manufacturers uh, like to, you know, give sort of free EV charging or different perks like that. Again, you could have a, an energy cloud type platform that instead of maybe dumping the electricity in people's hot water tanks, you you dump it into EV uh, cars during the night and, and you wake up with a free full tank of electric in your EV. Um, you know, so potentially some car manufacturers might be interested in that. I, I don't know, you know, there's endless possibilities here. There's also the other things I was thinking, uh, a lot of grid constraints uh, and issues, you know, potentially rather than using the transmission asset owners spending a lot of money upgrading expensive network, potentially that like using this as a flexibility service or, or, or whatever as well, um, that might be cheaper to avoid reinforcement, might be faster as well. Uh, and potentially, um, I know Northern Ireland, uh, potentially, uh, we're getting to the, the point where renewable levels are, are, are getting so high, there's actually potential issues on the horizon with, with over-frequency events, um, with with having just far too much generation on the system and, and not enough demand. So again, with Energy Cloud at the flick of the switch, you could bring your demand up and keep your frequency under control as well. So there's there's a few grid services there that kind of popped into my head and then things around the likes of EV or community benefit schemes for wind farms. Um, they were just ideas. It was just sort of when I was sitting down thinking to prep for the podcast. I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of those or if... if, if... Yeah, again, if, if, you, if you think about it, Brian, you're 100%, like all those points are on our roadmap um, they're part of our, our plan. But if you start with a citizen at the heart of all of those questions and you said, what's in it for them? So in the, on the community side of it and you go through all the, I'll maybe touch on some of the benefits yeah, yeah. and what our plans are. So we start with scale. So our ambition on the island uh, will be to do 1 million homes potentially because we're just looking at everybody who's in fuel poverty or in social housing could they have this capability? Could they be energy cloud ready that if there's surplus available, that we could actually give them that surplus? Okay, that's the ambition. We're starting off with 100 homes and now we're going to do 10,000 this year, the year after to roll it out to 100,000 homes. And then where can we go? That's so we're, we're looking at scale. Yeah. And if you think about 1 million homes for a second, if we switched on 1 million little 3 kilowatt immersions at the moment, it's a 3 gigawatt load. So it's not insignificant. It's just hot water. Yeah. But that's what it actually. Um, and our view is wind farmers and communities should be absolutely working together, not just on. I'm not going to say, but there's no real link between the community footpath and what a wind farmer is there about. There is some connections, but but their surplus and their energy is a real direct connection. Yeah. So back to my storm chasing um, analogy earlier on. We believe that people would want wind farms in their area because they'll know if there's a wind farm coming, I'm likely to get lower cost electricity Yeah, because we're basically incentivizing or we're willing to allow that wind farm into our area. So they'll be encouraging mm. wind farm and solar farm development because of that 
um, they're getting a benefit and they can see and touch that benefit because they'll know the night it's windy, the wind farm's spinning and they're actually getting lower cost energy. And we're seeing that that people can connect yes. very quickly if you can figure out how to do it. Second question, the energy cloud, we're calling the energy cloud ready. It's not just about hot water. And um, that's just a low cost yeah. engagement. It's a quick, easy way to engage with the citizen. Absolutely. When we go in there and do their hot water, they want to know, can I not just get all my electricity low cost at this time? Um, and yes, that may happen in time, but at the moment we just need to be really careful that we're building a, a platform, a system that the network operators happy that they know what we're doing. We're able to share what we're doing and we're never, ever, ever going to risk doing something that would damage the grid. So yep. there's a, a hand in glove relationship with the system operator and the network operator to make sure that we've got that bit right. And the key bit there, um, we're calling it energy cloud ready. So Cluid have kicked off a program. This is the uh, housing association that when they're building a thousand new properties, they want to make sure that the devices, the heat pump, the car charger, that those homes have the technology and capability to be able to demand side manage, switch on at the right time, switch off at the right time, follow a time of use tariff and Cluid are looking at that. So we've set up a separate, um, as an energy cloud have, have, have um, suggested this and Cluid are chairing an energy cloud ready project, talking to the manufacturers of devices to see could they be part of the program? So that's a parallel trade that we're working on. The other one regarding the and this, the scale of it, the network impact, and um, that is absolutely core to what we're doing, how we balance the grid and um, system services, how they're going to be impacted. And Energy Cloud's objective is whatever we generate, we give it back to people in those um, fuel poverty homes. But we are learning what this might look like for other residents um, who are not in fuel poverty, who are willing to pay for energy or have to pay for yeah. energy. And the network operators and the system operators, um, all the stakeholders from the wind farm to the hot water tank, we're all learning from this journey. And this learning could then be replicated and brought into business as usual. And that's the um, ambition there. And then finally on that, because it is linked voltage frequency issues, where your, your listeners here are really zoning in going, what impact did this have on voltage and frequency? And that's where the technologies themselves, we can, we can sort of see what would be useful. Um, but this needs to be really low cost tech. So you don't get to spend a thousand pounds on a piece of kit to go and monitor what's happening. So putting my technology hat on for a second, it's driving our innovation on building technology. How do you build this kit that's 50 pounds or 100 yeah. pounds that can read frequency, read voltage, offer system services to a standard that if you join them all up, we've got a three gigawatt switch and we need to tell everybody exactly what's going to happen and what security layers are going to be needed. And that's what we learn from these processes and these projects as well. The real detailed standards and how those standards are actually working. There's no point and this is sort of a, a personal view, but we can see it. If I turn around to someone tonight and I tell them we couldn't switch on your hot water, it was extremely windy. We dumped four million pounds worth of electricity, but we couldn't send you a signal because we were afraid and we might blow a fuse. That's not clever. Yeah. That's sort of what we're doing. We haven't figured out how to, to, yeah. to um, use the energy. So we just don't use it. So what we're trying to do is make sure that as we roll out energy cloud, the ESBs and the NIE, the UK power networks that we're going to be engaged, all these um, yep. organizations are working with us to make sure we don't make mistakes and they're learning, but we're doing it at scale, but yep. we'll never do anything to jeopardize the network, yep. but everybody gets the confidence on, on those um, frequency and the voltage and um, constraints. Yeah. So I was going to come to it then is maybe just a, yeah, a bit of a focus on potential grid challenges and, and grid uh, benefits as well. So um, maybe just to do a bit of a, a recap, we've kind of touched on it throughout the discussion. So uh, potential big benefits, um, you could potentially be using it to avoid transmission constraints um, by, you know, just having that demand flexibility service that could avoid uh, very costly uh, 
big you know transmission line upgrades and other things like that so potential very big benefit there uh it could also be used in terms of avoiding over frequency events uh and, and helping balancing the grid there so basically when there's far too much uh generation that you, you maybe can't control that well your demand's dropping really really low and, and maybe there's issues with an interconnector or something um so so that's another big grid benefit uh, but then, yeah, it's it's probably coming down into the local grid then and, and, and the challenges. So I would kind of compare this a bit to, obviously, we have a lot of experience in, in the GV market, especially with large scale battery storage installs, where they're kind of, you know, a lot of market driven activity, importing or exporting large amounts of power, sometimes hitting the grid very, very quickly with, within, you know, milliseconds type response times. So you have things like, you know, local voltage and, and we've done a, a podcast episode actually on battery storage and, and the impact on the grid. So you have things like voltage imbalance and your, and your P28 compliance um, and, and various other bits and pieces like that. You're reversing and, and power flows and things. But yeah, I suppose, so on a household by itself, you've got three kilowatts turning on and off. That's not too big of a deal, but but potentially when you, it's when you scale up you know, to the hundred thousand or the million homes, if you were to switch on a million homes at three kilowatts each, you know, just uh, instantaneously, you know, you're going to have voltage issues, potential system balancing issues and things like that. So it, I was, I was going to ask the question, but you, you've kind of touched on it. I was going to say, you know, presumably you're, you're kind of looking at the, as you scale, you're looking at how you're going to solve these issues in the future. It, it sounds like you're very much on top of that then that, that you, are, you are already thinking about that and, and kind of designing that into the the kit presumably you'll have the ability to stagger s switching stuff on uh I, yeah if you maybe just want to talk us through sort of the yeah so um so the process that we've we've got at the moment is one of partnership with with the stakeholders and no one has all the answers yeah um, but it's more if you go back to when i said at the start of the, the podcast if you go out 10 years and you look back what was unique about what energy cloud did um, I feel it's that team that we have around the table and a willingness to be open and expose our concerns and our challenges, but make sure that no matter what we're doing, the citizen's benefit was at the heart of it. And what we're finding is when the citizen and the homeowner are saying, yeah, I'm up for this or I'm up for that, as long as we can build that into the tech. Yeah. And then we're, we're sort of putting, we're, we're looking at it differently where it's, it's normally from a transmission system operator, 50 hertz back to what the service needs to be. We're actually looking at what the service needs to be and how that can go back up the channel to, can we keep, make sure it stays at 50 Hertz, yeah. if that makes sense. And that we don't um, have any impact voltage wise on that journey. So when we when we take that approach to it uh, as a partnership approach, our initial engagement with ESB networks was really, really positive. And what we did or what Clua did was they shared, here are all our houses. This is the net, here are all the meter numbers and here are all the addresses for our entire network. We're now up to 65,000 homes that ESB networks are no, are aware. This is where Energy Cloud are going. This is a huge opportunity mm -hmm. for a network operator because when you do local authority or social housing, you're actually into streets straight away. So the concerns that, again, your listeners would be well aware of the um, street of car chargers. We don't have to worry about it just yet. We've only got two or three or four. A street of heat pumps. Yeah, we don't. It's a concern, but we don't really have to worry about it. But when energy cloud come up, we're actually going into the street and we're doing a complete street. Yeah. All with technology that can be switched on like that. So we're able to say to the operators, what's staggering? So we've got a transformer A. We know there's 28 houses wired into the transformer A. Even if we switch them all on, it's only three kilowatts. It's not going to blow or trip a transformer. Uh, and, and presumably most of the time you're, you're switching them on at, at the middle of the night or, or whatever as well. So that, that generally speaking, that there's not there's probably not going to be electric cookers or, or, or washing machines running at the same time. There you have it. So and this is the this is the partnership approach. So the network operators are able to learn from a large scale, like I mean proper large scale yeah. project where there's 65,000 homes, we're able to see what's happening. We're doing it on a three kilowatt, we're doing it at nighttime, but we're actually able to look and see what the technology can do, Yeah. what the customers can do, how much flexibility have we actually got? Like a hot water tank's 
it's a, it's a fairly large battery that's shiftable for one of like it's six kilowatt hour store and you can move it around so um and people are very patient once you heat up a tank you've got a lot of flexibility of when they use it etc so there's a, it's a really good place to learn what a battery is going to look like and what i mean like a car charge a yeah. car or a, a battery in the home so there's a massive amount of learning and you can learn what the technology is capable of doing so how fast can you get response from these devices but you're doing it at a scalable model that is actually scalable commercially if that makes sense potentially what's as interesting as anything really because you know coming from an engineering background you know we can create technology that does just about anything it's it's how people interact with it and, and how people use it so that the actual behavioral you know kind of stuff is very very interesting you know, i find interesting and i'm, I'm sure you know the results and and some of the studies on that will probably be as interesting as anything in, in their own right is quite you know yeah and exactly the behavior and um again it, one of the key components that we're finding that's the bit that politicians are really interested in yeah yeah um because we're, we're all probably well aware there's a massive political landscape here that has to be um consulted with and brought on board and they're looking at if you're doing 10, 20, 30, 50, 100,000, if you're impacting half a million people um, and you're able to show half a million people when it's windy, here's how you get free hot water or here's how you get low cost hot water, that consumer engagement or that behavioral change is something that everybody's interested in how we do the next bit on our journey to zero carbon. And we're able to show that people are up for this if you bring them on that journey. Yeah. And actually just another interesting stat I probably should have put in earlier in the podcast you know just to illustrate the size of the problem on on the supply side and and the wastage there is there so i was looking at sony's 2021 dispatch down report um and i think it was over seven percent of of wind energy was kind of curtailed or turned off you know so uh, it, it amounted to it was some huge amount of gigawatt hours it was like almost a thousand gigawatt hours worth of energy in 2021 good green wind energy was turned off or turned down you know so, so as an example that that's about enough to power over three hundred thousand homes for a full year you know three hundred thousand homes worth of energy electricity for a full year turned off you know wasted um so so that you know the, there's that enormous kind of wasted resource sitting there that that you, you're tapping into to basically create the the social benefit or, or you know there's huge potential well you've obviously seen the huge potential yeah. in it you know it is a crazy huge potential and it's worth noting you know the the all the government policy all the targets you know we're only connecting more and more renewable energy to the grid so the that issue is only going to grow and grow as more renewable energy comes on unless there's innovative solutions around demand side flexibility you know such as energy cloud um so it, I, it does you know it sits so nicely in terms of it's kind of aiming to fix an issue that the the renewable energy industry has in terms of you know the growth of that industry as well as you know providing that consumer benefit i, th I think it's very interesting yeah and, and i think on that side people that we this is what we've noted as well we we have a large corporate sponsors now coming to see if they can help energy cloud um basically move forward and how they can they be involved can they fund the technology can they fund yeah and back to your your point there um like if you have several hundred or or um like seven or eight hundred thousand gigawatt hours of energy being dumped or wasted what do you do with that or yeah. how do you actually use that energy and how do you balance the system so if you're a large data center and you're being told you can't connect up more data like all of this technology sits on data centers yeah so if you have a half a million devices out there we actually need data centers to store and manage all these systems and the data centers are trying to balance their grid so you're actually starting to see how citizens moving there, shifting their demand can free up demand for the data centers. And you're looking at an overall architecture of how a country works. Mm. Um, and that's what we're starting to see where we've been approached by lar large technology companies saying, okay, maybe there's a play here where we can actually help balance the entire system by being involved and helping it and, and, and improving that balance system. Yeah, well, as I said before, like, you know, I can see a, a lot of different applications, you know, and a lot of people that might be interested in this, you know, whether you're an EV car manufacturer looking for, for client benefits, you know, um, the wind farms and, and community benefits and, 
yeah there, there's any number of applications really um so yeah i, th- I think i think energy cloud's probably a, a name that more and more people will probably get familiar with uh in the years to come i think we've covered just about everything probably at this point derek will we yeah the only the only ask i would have is yes. that if any of your listeners out there would like to help energy cloud on our journey we're we're um, always keen to to um get a friendly ear or someone who can help us we we want to move into gb we've set up i should have mentioned that we've set up energy cloud northern ireland um it's nearly at the same stage as energy cloud republic of ireland um, we've got the team in place got to set up the board um, all the same idea northern ireland housing executive ninety thousand properties they're on board um we're hopefully kicking off a trial now in the next couple of weeks Brilliant. and that's going to scale up and we're looking to do the same in scotland england wales and Fantastic. then hopefully take it internationally but if anyone's listening in from from gb we'd be very very keen to to um get some help in setting it up okay so there you have it if uh, if anybody is listening in that, that wants to get in touch with energy cloud if inter- interested in collaborating there uh please do uh feel free to reach out to derek we'll put his contact details or contact details for energy cloud in the uh comment section in our in our youtube in the description box so you'll be able to find them there or you can email us at the grid at esmartnetworks.co.uk uh, we'll put you in touch with derek and the team as well so yeah thanks very much for listening please do please do subscribe uh, on our youtube channel or uh, spotify or apple wherever you get your podcasts um that'll keep you alerted uh, we're planning lots more good stuff throughout the year um, and again, please uh, do engage with us. Leave comments in the YouTube section. Uh, we'll pick those up. We'll respond. If there's any topics you want us to cover, anything you find interesting, if you've got any more questions for for Derek and the Energy Cloud team, uh, drop them in there at our YouTube comment section, or you can drop uh, an email through to us at thegrid at esmartnetworks.co.uk. Uh, and yeah, just generally follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and apparently we're even on TikTok now um i i'm i'm not quite sure we'll have what, to do a wee dance before we leave yeah i'm not sure what we do in tiktok but uh uh we're on all the channels now anyway if uh if you want to give us a follow uh so yeah just to close off a uh, big thanks to derek he's come up from uh dublin today to our belfast uh podcasting studio so thanks very much derek that was really interesting and wish you all the best with energy cloud yeah, and, and we'll be keeping a close eye on it going into the future thanks thank you Brent.